You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> everyone doing hope everyone's staying safe staying inside wearing masks doing your doing what you need to do with your respective quarantine lifestyles i guess it's ryan honey back with episode number 21 of the wide right podcast season two episode three or just episode 21 whatever you want whatever you want to call it you know you make the decision either way we got a jam-packed episode for you uh today gonna be talking about the draft it's Tuesday, April 21st. Draft is in officially two days. Uh, should be interesting to see. It's now a virtual format. You know, because of what's... Unfortunately, because of all these unfortunate circumstances, Roger Goodell would be is going to announce the picks from his basement of his New York home. So, and then the teams will basically work from home and communicate with each other. Uh, electronically and communicate with the draft headquarters electronically. So should be interesting to see how it p- plays out. I mean, it's still going to be covered and broadcasted on ESPN, NFL Network, uh, ABC, I believe. So, you know, it'll be, it's going to be weird, but, you know, it's just what has to be done in these strange, difficult times. Um, but nonetheless, should be inter- interesting to witness and uh, so I want to talk about basically all 10 picks the Giants have in the upcoming draft. Um, as they, you know, as everyone knows, they they originally started off with seven, or originally started off with six because they gave up their third round pick in the Leonard Williams trade, a trade that I still to this day do not want to talk about. Um, and so, but then they, they ended up getting that third round pick back from the Landon Collins from losing out on Landon Collins last year, so they got a compensatory pick in the third round, and then they got three compensatory picks in the seventh round. So they have um, ten in total. And the thing I basically want to preface right away is that through all three days of this draft, through all seven rounds, through all ten picks, Dave Gettleman needs to keep this team's needs in mind. This concept is so important when you consider the near future and potentially the long-term future of this organization, along with his overall job security. I mean, he's won nine games in two years. Since his hire, they've won nine games. Many thought he'd be gone with Pat Shermer. I didn't. I thought he would stay. I thought the organization would want to give him a chance, would want to give him a chance with another head coach and another coaching staff. Um, but he's on the, 
he's on the hot seat. He really is. And he's going to be on the hot seat for this entire year. Which means every decision he makes from here on out is more important and more crucial than the previous decision, previous decision he made. And it starts Thursday night. He has to keep this team's needs in mind. And having said that, he can't be carried away by the oohs and ahs of Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is a great player. Don't get me wrong. He would be an absolute game changer and playmaker on this defense. It'd be their first, basically their first offensive leader and playmaker since Landon Collins. But this team needs a right tackle for the future. They need to protect Daniel Jones. They need to... All these young offensive weapons they have, Jones, Saquon, Darius Slayton, you know, Sterling Shepard's only going into his fifth year. All these young offensive weapons that have potential and upside, that's all going to go to waste if they cannot protect the quarterback. Enough of these young... They need to stop with these one-year plans at right tackle. Chad Wheeler, 2018, that was one and done. Mike Remmers last year, that was one and done. Cam Fleming signed a one-year deal this offseason. If they don't draft a tackle, he could be the starting. He could start at right tackle or potentially left if Solder struggles again. And since it's a one-year contract, that has the potential to be one and done as well. Enough with the one-year plans at this extremely important position. Enough of overlooking this glaring and obvious issue. They need to draft Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa or Dredrick Wills out of Alabama with that first pick. Whether if it's number four, number five, number six, you know, whether they trade back or not, they need to use that first pick for a right tackle. Start him on the right side as his career starts, and then over time eventually transition transition him over to Daniel Jones' blind side. If Nate Solder struggles at the left tackle position, which he has for much of the last two years. In my opinion, he will start to struggle again this year. So when that happens, have that right tackle that you drafted transition over to the left side. Whether it's late in the year, whether it's, you know, whether you just bite the bullet and have Sol- have Solder stay at the left at the left tackle spot and then switch that right tackle over to the left side starting in his second year. Whatever way, they got to do it. But this team needs a tackle for the future. They can't keep overlooking this obvious issue. Simmons is great, but he's not the right pick. They need to keep these... He needs to keep this team's needs in mind. Gettleman does. He, I know, he likes to draft for best player. I understand that. But he picks the best player available unless certain circumstances arise, such as needing a quarterback. Last year, there was no shot Daniel Jones was the sixth best player in the draft. No shot. So he likes to pick the best player available unless certain circumstances arise that force him to not do that. And guess what? This year, another certain circumstance has arisen, needing a tackle for the future. Don't get carried away by the oohs and ahs of Simmons. A right tackle and eventually a left tackle will help this team in a number of ways would you consider the future. The near term the near future and the long term future. It's what needs to be done. Enough of the enough of the overlooking. Tackle is the correct pick 
on Thursday night, regardless of what pick they end up getting. Whether it's number four, they trade back, doesn't matter. I still want them to execute that trade with the Chargers, too. I want them to trade. I I think if they they could they could fix a ton of their problems right away, not right away, but in the in the first round and then early in the second. If the Chargers want to jump my the Chargers are number six, Miami's at number five, Giants at number four. If the Chargers want to jump Miami to get Tua or the quarterback they prefer, whether that's Tua or Herbert. By the way, I think the whole Herbert to the Giants sort of report or that the Giants are researching into Herbert is just bait to try to get the Chargers to swap picks with them. It's just a smokescreen. I don't think the Chargers or their GM, Tom Telesco, are going to buy into it. So I don't think that's... I don't think the Giants are really looking into Herbert at all. I don't think they're going to consider him at all. They're not going to just go away with Jones after one year, especially when you consider the fact that that Gettleman made the Jones pick. He's not going to go away from that, you know, 365 days later. It's not going to happen. So, but if the Giants, if the Chargers want to want to jump Miami, they could swap picks with the Giants. The Giants would hold a ton of leverage in that sort of scenario and say, "Hey, give us your second round pick." number 37 overall. Chargers do that. So then the Giants would have the number 6 overall pick. The second round, they'd have the number 36 overall pick, which is what they originally had to begin with. And then they would have the Chargers second round pick, number 37. So they'd be back-to-back in the second round. Giants could get Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Wills at number 6, like I just said before. Number 36, they could get one of the dominant centers, one of the more dominant centers in this draft class, whether that's Cesar Ruiz from Michigan or Tyler Beatish from Wisconsin. And then at number 37, they can get a, a pass rusher. Especially when you consider the fact that Marcus Golden's future with the team is still unclear. Whether that be Julian Aquara from Notre Dame, Kayleigh Von Chasen from LSU, or potentially Curtis Weaver from Boise State. So that means the Giants could fix a number or at least make huge progress in fixing a number of their issues by early second round, by the 37th pick. And obviously, since they have back-to-back, those two are interchangeable. They can pick an edge rusher before center. It doesn't matter. But they could fix a number of their glaring problems or at least make much progress in doing so very early on. That's how I would... That's how I would how I would navigate the draft. But they gotta make that trade first. If they don't make that trade and they just have the six they they just have the fourth and number thirty six pick, then I would say take a tackle and then one of the centers. They gotta fix that offensive line. Center is also a glaring issue. Fans don't really want Spencer Pulley in that spot. He was inconsistent two years ago. Um when he played for the majority of the majority of the season in the absence of John Halapiro, who was out for that who was out for, what, 14 games that 2018 season with lower leg injuries. So, <coughs> I don't think they really want Pulley in that spot. But, I mean, knowing the Giants fans' luck, Gettleman's going to draft best player. He'll go with Simmons or potentially Derek Brown, defensive lineman, early in the first round. Um which I think would be an absolute... I mean, 
I have my opinion on Simmons. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of the best players in this draft. I'm not saying anything about his style of play, but I just don't think it would be the right pick. And then Derek Brown would certainly not be the right pick. They do not need another defensive lineman. I don't care if he's the best player at that at their pick. They cannot get another defensive lineman. They have they already have a good foundation with that with Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, Leonard Williams, B.J. Hill. They don't need it. But knowing the Giants fans' luck, Gettleman will probably go with that path and take the best player. But we'll all find out Thursday evening. Um, moving on to some of the later, some of the later picks they can make. I sort of made a list on what the Giants' needs are. I did not include tight end. I know a lot of people are saying they could draft a tight end, but in my they already have six on the roster. I mean, despite the trade talks, Evan Engram's still on the roster. Caden Smith, Levine Toilolo, who they picked up in free agency. Eric Tomlinson, who they also picked up. Garrett Dickerson and C.J. Conrad. I mean, they have six tight ends right now. With the start of offseason workouts virtual, you know, basically underway. So, I didn't include tight end in the list of needs um, for this year's draft. So, I, as far as I already mentioned, offensive tackle, center, edge rusher, um... They could go for a wide receiver, preferably a tall, a taller one than what they have to use near the goal line and to provide depth. Uh, safety, they'll also provide safety in a corner to provide depth in the defensive backfield. You can never have too much depth in those regards. Uh, a guard, an inside linebacker, a uh, running back to provide depth behind Saquon Barkley, um, who knows the future of Wayne Gallman. And uh, definitely a defensive lineman later on in the draft. I know I said they already have a good defensive lineman. But adding one later on in the draft is much different than adding one in the first. Because adding one later on is basically a depth piece. They choose Derek Brown in the first round, he's starting. 100% right away. So, and then who do you sit at that point? Do you sit Leonard Williams, who you just franchise tag and, and are apparently looking to sign long-term? Dexter Lawrence, who you just drafted? You know, does B.J. Hill go that even farther down on the depth chart, even though he's despite the fact that he started at the beginning of last year. Dalvin Tomlinson, who's probably one of the better players on this defense. I mean, it's just a weird scenario if they draft Derrick Brown. That's why they should get a defensive a defensive tackle later on in the draft. Um, yeah, I mean, but in the th- if they don't... So if they go with the tackle center or tackle center edge rusher in the second round, I definitely think in the third round... Brian Edwards from South Carolina, wide receiver, um, is definitely someone they should target. He'd be the tallest receiver on the lot. He'd be the tallest, excuse me, the tallest receiver on the roster. Six foot three, two twelve. Good compliment to Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. They need someone to use near the goal line. Their tallest receivers right now, um, at six three, are Cody Core, who's more of a special teams guy, and David Sills, who's a practice squad player. They need a legitimate, tall, big, wide receiver to use near the goal line. They draft someone like Edwards. He would, he would, be, he would, it would make. They take someone like Edwards. They would make great progress. Simply speaking, in getting Daniel Jones everything that he needs from a weapons standpoint. He already has a sensational running back. At that point, hopefully, he would already have the tackle and the center. At least hopefully. He'd already have a tight end, Evan Engram, if he stays healthy. Or if not, Caden Smith is reliable. He was was reliable last year. 
in spurts. And then Darius Slayton is obviously a good talent. So is Sterling Shepard, obviously, if he stays healthy. They get an extra receiver like Brian Edwards, 6'3", near the goal line. That would make great progress in getting Daniel Jones everything that he needs to succeed. This offense should be built around Daniel Jones. They need to focus on getting what Daniel Jones needs in order to develop correctly and efficiently and effectively so he can so he can succeed as much as possible as early as possible. Or in the third round that they don't decide to go with the receiver route, they could draft a safety um, who could obviously be used as depth behind Julian Love and Jabril Peppers, or if they were to throw Julian Love in at nickel corner next year, which is a possibility, then maybe have him start. The rookie start. I mean, someone they could target is Ashton Davis, um, who I wrote about this week. Uh, second team All-Pac-12 this past season from Cal Berkeley. Would be a good compliment to Jabril Peppers because he's more of a deep safety. Uh, Jabril Peppers is obviously succeeds more when he's up in the box, up near the line of scrimmage. Um, obviously, as I just said, he could be a depth piece at first. Ashton, Ashton Davis could... Or if they were to put Julian Love in the corner, maybe Ashton Davis starts at free safety. I mean, who knows? There's numerous scenarios that could occur with this secondary in 2020. Um, and it, But to be honest, it's going to be, no matter which way you put it, it's going to be a super young secondary. I mean, I'm pretty sure James Bradbury at 26 is the oldest. You know, Grant Hanley, Corey Ballantine, those guys are both young. They could, They're going to compete for the slot corner spot. Uh, DeAndre Baker is, what, 23? He's going to be cornerback number two, uh, potentially cornerback number three if he struggles again this year. Um, Julian Love has just turned 22. I mean, Jabril Peppers is, what, 25, I think, 24? So it's it's a young secondary no matter which way you put it, but there are numerous, there's there's numerous things you could do. And if you draft someone as early, if you, if you draft a safety as early as the third round, there's, you have numerous options with him. Start him, move Julian Love to nickel corner, or have him be a depth piece. You know, but they're going to have to draft him in the first, you know, before anything. Uh, as far as safety is concerned, uh, Miles Dorn from North Carolina is also someone to look out for. He'd be more in the sixth, seventh rounds. Um, but he's a versatile safety. He could be physical. He can also succeed in coverage. Uh, he would most certainly be a depth piece. He, they, the Giants would not start a sixth, seventh rounder right away. I don't think they would start him at all, ever. Um, he would just be reserve, uh, potentially play special teams, provide depth in the defensive backfield, which I said before, you can never have too much of. Uh, I, I wrote about this kid too, and he's just his athleticism stands out. He's so versatile. He can come up and stop the run. He's aggressive in doing that. He has good instincts, good instincts and pass coverage. I just, I think it would be a good fit later on. But you know, six, six, seventh round though. Not he's not Ashton Davis talent. He's not third round talent. But he's talent. He's he, he's a talent nonetheless. And then as far when you consider the running back spot. People may think I'm crazy for adding running back to this. I don't. I think if you have 10 picks, 
you could free yourself up. The Giants have 10 picks. They can free themselves up to take a running back of some sorts. Um, obviously not one that's going to compete for the starting job whatsoever. You know, that's they already have a sensational running back. Now let's just hope he stays healthy this year. But someone to look out for would be uh, James Robinson from Illinois State. He's another 6th, 7th round guy. But luckily the Giants have 5 picks in, either the, in those 2 rounds combined. You know, 1 in the 6th, 4 in the 7th. He is a 220 pound back. Could be used in short yardage situations. You know, 3rd down and 1. You know, 1st and goal. Stuff like that. And uh, he would be a... You know, that's a good compliment to Saquon Barkley. Barkley's obviously going to take up the majority of the workload. We know that. Everyone knows that. Anyone who knows football knows that. He is going to take up the majority of the Giants' workload when it comes to the running game. So James Robinson would... Someone like this, 220-pound back, would be a nice fit as far as you know short yardage situations. Take some pressure off Saquon in those regards. Um, obviously, sorry to any fantasy owners of Saquon. Uh, this guy gets a touchdown over him, but yeah, they need they need someone like that. You know, who knows the future of Wayne Gallman? Really, I mean, he's not he's not someone that doesn't seem like they're going to pay um, a significant amount, obviously. And I'm, he's going into, what, the final year of his rookie deal, I believe. So, who knows his future in East Rutherford. Could be gone after this year. Uh, so, maybe James Robinson is a guy to come in. Just a thought at this point. Really, these are all just thoughts at this point. You can never, at 6th, 7th round, you have no idea. You don't know a lot about these guys. These guys aren't covered extensively. Um, so these are more, and when you talk about the later rounds, five, fifth to seventh round, these are more depth pieces. These aren't you know, do or die selections. So and I, so as as I said before, uh, I talk about the defensive line issue. How there's already a decent foundation with Lawrence Tomlinson, Williams, and B.J. Hill. R.J. McIntosh, if he just stays healthy, kid from Miami who they drafted two years ago. If So if Gettleman doesn't snag another defensive tackle in the first two rounds or the first couple of rounds, look for him to take one potentially. I know I said sixth, seventh round, but there's a chance he could take one in like the fourth round. I don't think it's impossible. Um, Gettleman is big on you know guys in the trenches. I don't think it's impossible to assume that Gettleman may. I don't think it's ridiculous to assume that Gettleman may draft one in the fourth round. A couple names to throw out there: uh, Devon Hamilton from Ohio State, uh, Jordan Jordan Elliott from Missouri. Uh, Elliott was actually a first-team All-SEC selection this past year as a redshirt junior. Uh, Forty-four total tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks in twelve games. So he. He was productive this past year for the Missouri Tigers. Um, and who knows? He could be a good pick. I mean, he would obviously be a depth piece. They're not. I, I don't think they would want to go away. And I sure hope they wouldn't go away from their... Uh, three. If they go 3-4, I would hope there would be Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin, and Leonard Williams. Williams especially considering they're apparently about to pay him a lot of money. You know, that's what seems like they're going to try to do. And at this point, since they made the trade for him, 
that ridiculous trade that I don't want to talk about. But <laughs> they, if they make that trade for him, then obviously they're going to try to pay him. You know, a year later or less than a year later. So he's going to start. Leonard Williams is Dalvin probably because he's the be- one of the better players on this defense. Dexter they just drafted last year. Those three guys are going to start. So I think Jordan Elliott would be a good depth piece along alongside B.J. Hill behind them uh, to grow within this group. And who knows if he if he if he impresses coaching the coaching staff as the time goes on, then as the year progresses, then who knows? Maybe maybe Patrick Graham likes him, their defensive coordinator. Maybe that he starts plugging him. He gives him more playing time as the year progresses. You never know at this point. Um. In the later rounds, sixth, seventh, I, I'm only considering the later rounds for these next couple of positions, um, just because I think, you know, they, as I said before, they have five picks in the last two rounds combined, and I think that would be a great opportunity for them to get a guard to grow and act and play the backup role behind Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler, uh, another cornerback to join this young group. Again, can't have too much depth there. And an inside linebacker. I think they're going to need another inside linebacker um, to play the role, play the backup role behind. You know, you don't know Ryan Connolly's. Ryan Connolly got hurt and was out for the year after four games last year. Maybe he's very injury prone. I mean, Giants fans are hoping that it was just bad luck, but what if he is injury prone? What if he gets hurt again this year? Then you have. David Mayo and Blake Martinez, and you're going to need a backup. So as far as inside linebacker is concerned, Sean Bradley from Temple is a name to look out for. Joe Basie from Michigan State, which would be another Big Ten guy. Ryan Connolly is a Big Ten guy from Wisconsin. Um, and just a couple names to consider, a couple names to look out for and research. Lavert Hill, cornerback from Michigan. Uh, Trajan Bandy from Miami. And at guard, maybe look towards Victor Johnson from Appalachian State. Appalachian State had a great year this year. And Trevor Wallace-Sims from Missouri. Another Missouri guy to look out for. So, Trevor Wallace-Sims obviously blocks for Kelly Bryant at Missouri. Um, I mean, these are they're all just names at this point. Especially in the later rounds, you really don't know what you're going to get out of these guys. You're hoping that they can come in play the roles that they're supposed to play, um, be a benefit to this organization in ways that might not be, you know, on the field always in the regular season. You know, if they say they draft, you know, say they draft someone like Sean Bradley from Temple, the inside linebacker, he's not expected to be a starter right away. He's expected to come in, impress the coaching staff, work as a backup, they already have who they're going to have an inside linebacker. It's going to be Blake Martinez. And if, if they run a 3-4, the two inside linebacker spots are going to be Blake Martinez. And the other spot will be either Connolly or David Mayo. I mean, I'm sure they have faith in Connolly, even coming, off, even coming off the ACL tear. And they definitely have faith in Mayo after re-signing him to a three-year deal this offseason. So, and they certainly have faith in Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez is going to start regardless. Three-year contract, $30 million. He's going to start regardless. And he was a tackling machine in Green Bay. What do you have, 155 tackles, I believe, this past year? 
155 the year before, 144 the year prior. He co-led the league in tackles, I'm pretty sure, in 2017, I believe. His second year in the league. Yeah. So, yeah. He's a tackling machine. 144 combined tackles, 2017. Co-led the league. And then 144 in 2018. And then 155 in 2019. Excuse me. I misspoke. Um, so those are the guys that the Giants are going to have start. Blake Martinez or Connolly and Mayo. guy like Sean Bradley or a guy like Joe Basie or any guy, any inside linebacker they take, if they do take one in the later rounds or at any point, um, except if you're Isaiah Simmons. But if, you're, if they take an inside linebacker later on in the draft, they're going to be a backup. The Giants are going to expect it. Their Giants are going to expect them to be a backup. Fans are going to expect them to be a backup. Um, these are guys that, you know, they're sixth, seventh round talent. Teams don't know. I'm sure te- teams know what they're capable of, but they're going to have to go out there and they're going to have to prove themselves. They're going to have to prove that you know, they were passed on for five straight rounds. And it's not that's not impossible. We've seen guys, you know, come up and be successful in the NFL that were sixth, seventh rounders, that were undrafted. I mean, look at Chris Harris from Chris Harris, all pro cornerback. I mean, he was undrafted. <laughs> I mean it could it it could, Tom Brady. Great name right there, Antonio Brown. These guys were picked in the later rounds. Look at them. Obviously, Antonio Brown has his issues off the field. Maybe that's not a good example right now, but you saw how he was on the field. He was all-world. There's no denying that. Basically, my point is, these guys that I named at the guard, cornerback, inside linebacker, they're, they're, there's not huge expectations for them right now. It's their job to go out there and exceed those expectations, though. But yeah, I definitely think later on, Giants need to get a guard. Um, they should need to... as a, Just like you can't have too much depth with the cornerback position, you can't have too much depth with the offensive line. It's that simple. I mean, who knows with guys getting hurt and stuff like that. You never know. I mean, Mike Remmers was hurt for a couple games last year. That's why the Giants Giants fans saw some of Nick Gates. Who Nick Gates might compete. Who is, if they don't draft a tackle early on, Nick Gates is going to compete for the right tackle job. So they they need they need depth, hundred percent. You never know who's going to get hurt. It's depth is extremely important, extremely crucial, and those depth needs need to be met in the later rounds. Um, should be interesting. Virtual draft should be interesting. It's depressing that it has to be this way. I mean, it was supposed to be this huge event in Vegas at what the Bellagio Fountains. Players were supposed to be transported to the stage by a boat. <laughs> that would be crazy. I feel bad for Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick in what was supposed to be a revolutionary draft event. Now, Roger Goodell is announcing the picks from his basement. That's It's depressing, but it should be interesting. So, yeah, first round starts this Thursday, April 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and then Friday... April 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time uh, is rounds 2 and 3. And then Saturday, April 25th, all day. Starting at 12 noon Eastern Time, uh, rounds 4, 5, 6, and 7. 
Again, broadcasted on ESPN, ABC, NFL Network. Should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm really looking forward to, call me a weirdo, I'm looking forward to Saturday. The later round picks. Um, I mean, the Giants have seven picks that day, right? Four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven picks on that day. So that'll be that'll be a busy day for myself, busy day for writers, podcasters, people who cover the Giants, people who cover any team. It's a busy it's a busy day that day. Um, but all right, looking forward to the draft. Hope you all are looking forward to the draft. Thank you for tuning in to episode twenty one of the Wide Right Podcast or season two, episode three, whatever you want to call it. I am your host, as always, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy this weekend. Stay safe.